We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Pack a Day Podcast. I am your host today, Steve Perhatch. Joining me for the first time ever, Dusty Evely. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Uh, you know, it's it's weird to look across and not see Andy, but uh, this is exciting. I'm uh, I'm hyped to start out, dude. Yeah, for for those of you who have been listening to Dusty and Andy, uh, apparently Andy has taken on a lot by analyzing, I believe, every single snap yeah. of every Packers game that's going to be played this year and grading them out and everything like that. So he kind of reached out and was like, you know, <laughs> I think I got a lot going on. You mind uh, hopping in? So I'm sure we'll get him to join in every once in a while. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. I don't know how he's doing it. It seems like it'd be, it'd be exhausting, but you know, good for him for doing it. That's it's super awesome that he's doing that. <laughs> So yeah, we're just we just kind of want to jump right in. It's Wednesday night, so you'll be hearing this Thursday morning, and we kind of wanted to hop in and talk right away about all the things that have been going on in Packers world today. And first things first, we find out Kevin King is out for the Redskins game. I mean, he's had a history of injuries; it's not promising, but hopefully they're they they've managed it enough where it's not going to be lingering throughout the year. But I mean, Dusty, what are you feeling about this? Not feeling great, man. I've been even last year um, when I know a bunch of people were kind of down on Kevin King. I, I I've been on the Kevin King bandwagon since day one. I love what he brings. Uh, you know, he's had lapses, but for a young guy, and obviously that athleticism, I think he showed out really well. He he was having a tremendous game in Minnesota. 
um, until he got injured. So not in, I guess, against Minnesota in Green Bay. Uh, I, it hurts them quite a bit. I, the, the thing I saw, I guess it's a groin injury. Um, I heard it's not serious, not big. My understanding, and I've, I've you know, not to brag, I have had a groin injury in the past. Those, those, <laughs> is that bragging? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm on court bragging as to, uh, yeah, those things have a tendency to linger. Uh, and especially for a guy like that, like, I, even if he misses a week, maybe two, like I, I kind of have a feeling we could see that again. So it's it's concerning for this week, and it's also kind of concerning uh, going forward, especially for a guy with that injury history. So yeah, it stinks uh, for a guy with his talent that was I think starting to flash. Uh, it made me, it made me sad when I saw that. Yeah, so I mean, it's very interesting. It looks like Josh Jones should be back mm-hmm. uh, to add into the secondary, which will help. But they're going up against a Redskins team that hasn't been the best in the world when it comes to the receivers. I mean, their number one's Paul Richards, and I'm not a huge fan of him. Yeah. So it, it would have been nice since he's such a big guy to have his length against Kevin King. You know, hopefully we can have fingers crossed that the injury bug isn't starting to, to, to nick the Packers already. But yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to kill him. I think the King thing that sucks. I don't think it's going to kill him for this week only because, uh, only because just looking at that Redskins team, like you said, like I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that of that core either. And I was actually looked at this yesterday. Their leading, their biggest target uh, through two weeks has been uh, running back Chris Thompson, who had 21 targets over two weeks. So, like they, it, I, I feel like this secondary kind of, um, you know, King's gone. You've got those rookies. Uh, I think Jamal Williams is going to be good. Him and how I, I don't know. They they look they kind of look their age against the Vikings, I thought. And especially with that safety group, like it's, it's a little concerning. I think it's less concerning this week with King out against Washington than it will be going forward. Yeah. Especially, I mean, if you, if you would have had Kevin King gone for the entire Vikings game, I think you would have definitely noticed. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because the one thing, the one thing about the Vikings is they may not have the flashiest names in the world, but Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen run crisp routes. Yes. And they were on fire. So it sucked not having him. They got a tie, move on. And this is hopefully an easy enough game. Mm -hmm. But you just, you just mentioned Chris Thompson. So that's, that's my next note is Oren Burks Mm -hmm. would have practiced today, but since it was, uh, you know, the long days, the overtime game, everything, McCarthy gave him a walkthrough today. So they'll have practice tomorrow. And it looks like Oren Burks should be ready to go. So if he's in the starting lineup, I feel a little bit more comfortable than uh, with Morrison roaming around and Chris Thompson running right by him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was actually thinking uh, before the Burks news came through. I was like, I, like, do they put? I assume they're still putting, you know, Williams on the outside. Do you put? Uh, maybe do you mix that up? You put the young guys on the outside, and and maybe you put Tremont Williams on Chris Thompson. Do you put Alexander on? Like, I, I was basically having a cornerback shadow, uh, shadow Thompson. So to have Burks back against this team, I think is is just absolutely huge. It. You know, again, King out stinks. Um, this week they can weather, uh, especially with Burks back. I think uh, I think that's going to be a huge addition going into this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he flashed during the preseason. Yes, that, he really excited me. Just his big playability. I think the he he sees the line can poke through a hole and get him back in the backfield. I mean, this is something that I can't remember the last time the Packers had a middle linebacker that I was excited about Nick Barnett, man. I, <laughs> I really think it's been since Nick Barnett for me anyway, but yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely like, I love Blake Martinez and he put up the tackle numbers last year and that yeah. was amazing. And he's a smart guy, but he's not an overly athletic guy. He's not going to make a whole bunch of uh, flash plays. And a guy like Burks, I think could, could be that. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very excited about him. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you take if you have the two middle linebackers and you say, "All right, we've got Chris Thompson." I mean, nobody in their right mind is going to say, "You know what? Let's put Blake Martinez on." <laughs> I sure hope not. But sometimes I have questions about this team, so <laughs> you never know, man. That's I mean, very true, very true. <laughs> and next up, we have Aaron Jones coming back after his two week suspension. So everybody's really excited, you know, mm-hmm. daily, all this, all the fantasy football, you know, that's all coming back up. Everybody wants to know, should I play Aaron Jones? Well, it comes out that apparently Aaron Jones is going to be second fiddle to Jamal Williams and Timo because they <laughs> put in the work. Sure, sure. So I got to ask you, what are you thinking? Because it's really, it's one of those things, is it because he's coming back from a suspension that they're kind of dinging him a little bit because I mean, he's the, he's the guy with the most pop and Mm -hmm. that's who I would want in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that, I don't know if they're dinging him for the suspension. I, I, it's, I see it more as, um, because he was nursing a hamstring in the preseason. Like, I see it almost maybe more as, like, a conditioning thing. Maybe ease him back in. He is that flash guy. He is the guy that you want out there, you know, for the end of the season. Really all season. So, I, 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 I hope what it is that they're easing him back in. Because when he's in there, I mean, the only knock that I really saw against him last year was his pass protection. Which I didn't really think was as bad as a lot of people were making out to be. He's just... He's not as good as Jamal Williams, but Jamal Williams is a special, special player in that regard. And Montgomery flashed uh, this past week as well in that regard. Um, so Jones is good. Like, Jones is good across the board. I, I hope it's just a matter of easing him in. I know, you know, I just made a joke about I don't know what this team does sometimes. <laughs> Montgomery and, and that front office at times has kind of played loyalty above all else at times, which is fine. At You know, that's fine. Uh, loyalty is fine. I like when people are loyal to me, but... That putting in work comment is just very much. It just seems very indicative. It's just, man, look, these guys have been here. Like you, you want that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's been there. If you've got guys that can make plays, I I want to see those guys out on the field. So I, for my part, and I think the the comment I saw was a secondary role behind Jones and Montgomery to start. I kind of I think it's the optimist in me kind of just spun that in my old he, own head as this is going to last two weeks. And then he's going to get a larger role. But really, I mean, if you look at that running back, I love that running back group. If you look at that running back group, I just I don't hate any of those guys. Like this thing, Aaron Jones, I think is should be the clear number one based on his skill set. But Jamal Williams is really good, and Ty Montgomery is really good. So if they split, you know, thirty three percent across the board, maybe give Jones the thirty four percent. But like, I'm not I'm not even necessarily mad at that. Uh, just just because they have so much talent, I I don't know. I I think it's an ease back in thing, but. Sure. No, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I love their – and that's something McCarthy actually said today was he loves the the running back group that they have, and hopefully they should have them for a couple of years, which is yeah. something really exciting too. I mean, you got the two guys on their second year, and I think the biggest thing for me is that they're not they're, – they all do something different, and yes. they all do that different thing well. Like Montgomery, not the best runner in the world, but catches the ball out of the backfield, has good vision can make those cuts. And then you've got Jones, who's got the home run play. Uh, Jamal Williams, who can make the blocks that, that when necessary, so you can keep him in mm-hmm. for passing plays. He can, he a tough runner. So, I mean, running back-wise, they're set. And, I mean, if you now have a big home run threat on the ground, 
that is something that is really exciting for Packers fans. Well, what I really hope this opens them up for, I'm a sucker for that that diamond backfield, kind of the full house look um, with the three guys back there. And you can now have either all three running backs or two running backs and a tight end or something. And, and the one thing I'll say about Montgomery, I'm a huge Montgomery guy. You know, he can't stay healthy and that stinks. So having two other guys that can kind of carry that load is good. Um, the question about Montgomery, since he kind of made this transition to running back, has always been, should Montgomery transition back to wide receiver? Should he stay at running back? I know a lot of people don't like him as a runner. I really like him as a runner. Uh, but really the answer to that should be, he doesn't need to be either. Like you, you see, uh, he, he can be whatever you want. And it's a, it's not like a gadget thing either. Like you can, like I said, he can be a running back. Uh, you can play him out of the backfield. Really what you can do with guys like him, Cobb, uh, even Jones, Aaron Jones was a was a high school receiver. Is you just you get those guys in mismatches, and then you just go no huddle, and you just run the other team off the court. Essentially, like that's what you can do with all of those guys. Like Williams is kind of more your bruiser, but Jones, Montgomery, and even you put Cobb back there in the backfield. Like that's a lethal no huddle combination. So it's it, to me, it's less like it's less. Is, should Montgomery be a runner, or should Jones be on the field? And more like, what can you do with these guys when they're out there? Um, and just kind of get really creative with it. They have the grouping to get really creative with their play calls. Um, with Jones back in the fold, like I, I, I think I hope they've got some really cool things in store. If not this next week, maybe one or two weeks down the line. No, I definitely feel like I, I'm, I'm a big fan of trying to scheme some guys open, you mm-hmm. know, and and something like that. So that could be cool. I mean, you've seen. Uh, Ty Montgomery be able to move to the outside for, like you're talking about that diamond that diamond position where he can move to the outside then you can move Jones to the outside because he is actually really good at catching the ball um, so I think it's a really exciting time I do want to to hit on one thing that we haven't we didn't talk about this before at all I just want to get your honest opinion sure did you see what happened with Jimmy Graham today Oh, uh, where he won't talk to the media? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, then he, and then he went on to Twitter to, and replied to Rob Domofsky of ESPN. He's like, next time have the balls to at me. <laughs> I didn't see that part. That's not shocking yeah. at all. So, what? I mean, it's a small thing, and just, but it's, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think yeah. it, but it's just, it's very interesting because everything I've heard, he's a really nice guy. He's yeah. all this, but. What's going on? Why won't he talk to the media? And I don't know. And I was going to look this up because I don't really remember. I don't remember this being a thing um, in Seattle when he's been there the past few years. I, I thought I'd – and maybe I'm making this up. I thought I'd seen interviews with him. So I don't know if this was like – I don't know if it just started in Green Bay or if it's been going on in Seattle and we just haven't heard about it because we don't pay attention to Seattle news. And, I, I mean, Domofsky is ESPN. Yep. but. But not not a lot of non-Packers fans pay attention to him. So, I mean, for all I know, outside of this bubble – this is not a big deal, but I was going to look up to see if he, if this was a thing in Seattle or not, or if he just kind of started in green Bay. It sounds like he hasn't been doing it since he's been there and it's just cropping up now. Yeah. I believe the last time we talked to him was like late July. And that was the only time that he had talked to them. So it's very interesting. I, I'm very much the same way. I don't remember it being an issue in Seattle. I don't remember it being an issue in new Orleans. Like yeah. I actually remember, I think like a Sunday night football piece on him and his family. So it's kind of weird, honestly, not that big a deal. It's just something that popped up today, so I figured we'd at least throw it in. Yeah, and it didn't. And, uh, it doesn't seem like a rift. That's the weird thing. It's not like there was like an inciting incident. There was no like, oh, this this interview happened. He felt he was misquoted. So like, it was just kind of, oh no, he's not talked to us since he's been here. I'm more than anything like I don't. I'm sure Graham has his reasons, and I know uh, you know media guys. Um, that's their job. You know, someone like Domowski, like yeah. it's his job to talk to the players. Like I get, I kind of um, again, I assume Graham has a good reason. 
I can see kind of both sides. Uh, really, I'm just really curious on the story for that. If there is something kind of behind the scenes that that led him to do that, because it's 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 real strange. It's real strange. Yeah, I mean, and I would tell you guys listening, please keep listening to Pack a Day podcast because I'm <laughs> sure we will break down anything that happens with that. Whenever that breaks, man. <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day. Uh, but you've been doing something pretty cool, so I kind of wanted to talk about this too. You have broken down and. Correct me wherever I'm wrong, but you have looked at every <laughs> single offensive play for the first two weeks for the Packers, and you've, you've been taking notes. Like, I just want you to just spew all the knowledge that you can, and I will pepper questions in when I can. Yeah, I, it's it's been um, it's actually been every uh, every passing every passing down. Um, I've not really been looking at the running game because I'm a, I have a family and a full time job, and so as much as I'd love to do that, I just I had to get it down. I say that and they I mean, have like for real, what, what running game? Come on. <laughs> That's true. Like 45, uh, 45 <laughs> dropbacks this past game and like 10 running plays. So I just, I can throw those in on the side. That's not really that big of a deal. Um, yeah. So it started, I mean, I've been writing uh, from the all 22 stat angle since 2013, I guess. And it's, it's just been kind of recap the whole okay. game. Just why did this happen? That's why I kind of got into watching film in the first place is, um, Man, Aaron Rodgers got sacked and he ran around for seven seconds. Why was was no one open or you know, just things like why was there an interception? What was he seeing? And then I kind of started writing from there. Um, and that's been what I've been doing for, you know, four plus years. And this past uh, offseason, I decided to kind of – I love the Rams offense. I loved watching the Rams offense. I wanted to see how it works. So I started looking at the passing offense um, and just wanted to carry that over this year. Uh, and I've been lucky enough, the place I write for is Pack to the Future. Uh, we added a couple uh, film writers. Um, one of them – uh, ben Clubs has been putting out a ton of great stuff. And so we kind of decided to split up the duties. So instead of me recapping, I get to be a little more specialized, which is amazing. Um, and the passing offense came from the Rams, kind of watching the Rams. But mainly, uh, I've heard it. You've heard it. I think it started, I think the genesis was, was Andy Benoit, um, who I was, I think he was MMQ, MMQB mm-hmm. at the time when he, when he said this, was... Um, uh, the Packers offense is essentially man beater routes and they win because Aaron Rodgers is so good and they don't put their receivers in a, in a position to succeed. And that's been kind of, that's been accepted and I'm not saying it's incorrect. Um, I just have never seen like a huge deep dive on that uh, year to year. It's just kind right. of, you, you never see separation. And so it's assumed that's still a thing. Um, so I kind of want to take this year and just, yeah, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is looking at passing offense. And so it's, I don't want to say it's tedious cause it's not, it's awesome. I, I make, <laughs> I make gifts of every single passing play. I go through oh, that. The game cool. pass search is amazing. You just search for like basically every passing play for the week and you just run through them. So I make gifts of every single one. And then I just like sit there over the span of a couple of days and just watch, watch the routes essentially. And okay. then yeah, take notes on every single one and say, okay, like they, you know, they're, you get like the drag out combination that helps open up the post. Well, why does that work? Is that good? Is that bad? Um, what could they do differently? Um, it, it, basically, I'm looking to see if they've kind of scrapped some of those man beater concepts is, is essentially what I'm doing. Um, okay. So it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, I just got done watching the second week. The first week was not good. We're going to go ahead and say it wasn't good. Um, and I think was it, I think McCarthy said uh, they only got to like 20% of when they want to run because Rodgers got injured. But the starting off, you know, Rodgers was sitting back there forever, and it was just a whole lot of – this guy runs this way. This guy runs this way. And there, there, it didn't seem like there's a whole lot of thought behind anything. It changed a little once he got injured. Um, this past week was awesome. I was kind of tracking good versus bad. And I think he, I can't remember how many passes he threw. I think I tracked 41 and, uh, I tracked three that I didn't really like the rest oh. of them were all, um, the rest of them are really nice concepts, you know, and, and fairly basic stuff, but it was, it was 
three or four route combos. It wasn't like one or two guys, and if one of those guys doesn't get open, that sucks. It's you. You had you had a route combo of two to three guys with the goal of getting basically you got you got a short guy in an out or you got a guy in a post or something like. <clears throat> excuse me. What I saw this past week, I thought was uh, and hoping to write that up tonight. But um, what I saw last week was super super promising. I think it's it's heading in the right direction. Um, which is what I hoped with Philbin on board. Uh, you know, you hope they would get more creative and with the pieces they got, they got the young guys, um, you know, obviously Adams and Cobb and you've got those running backs. And now with, with Jones and I'm curious to see what they do, but yeah, um, I think it's trending in a really good direction. Uh, I got, I got done with it and I was like, this is, this is exciting. They're actually doing some really cool stuff. Uh, not quite the level of what the Rams or chiefs are doing, uh, as far as, like there's there's always just little little tweaks I'd like to make that if you did like if you ran this guy another like three yards deeper or something it really opens up a lot of stuff. Um, but it's really promising. I think the after week two I think they're off to a good start. I'm it's a it's a cool little project and uh, it's it's been exciting so far. If it was all just man beater routes. I was gonna be so mad. It's just be so boring. But it's been awesome so far. That was gonna be that was gonna be my first question of. <laughs> uh, so is it is it straight up just man? Because that was when Philbin came back. That was my excitement of. Maybe somebody will actually call McCarthy on his crap and say, mm-hmm. hey, what you've been doing hasn't been working. We yeah. need more than just like, hey, go get open and Aaron will drop a dime. Well, yeah, and I know when, when Philbin came back, a lot of people were kind of on the fence about him. It's like, well, he's been there, you know, and then he went to Miami and he wasn't very good. And my thought was always, okay, if Mark McCarthy was, was keeping and he's still keeping play calling – if he brought in a new guy and then he was like, I don't like your ideas, it would just be Samuel McCarthy. We're bringing in a guy that he knows and trusted. That was my hope. That was my optimism all offseason. Philbin's a guy he'll listen to. Whether or not everything's overhauled or not, I don't know. But he's at least a guy that he's going to listen to and trust. And we're more likely to see new stuff when Philbin's on board rather than, like, I don't know, some hot shot out of college that McCarthy, like, is like Lincoln Riley comes in and McCarthy, I don't, I don't care for your nonsense and you just don't run anything. <laughs> I'm a highly successful NFL coach. <laughs> just on a loop. Just over and over again on a loop. Every, uh, anytime he has a new idea, he just hits play. Yeah. No, just, I just hold hold it up. Just hold it up and plays the clip and then just turns it off and goes back to his office. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just – that's exciting. That's good to hear, and I'm yeah. sure it's good that uh, Packers fans are like to hear that we're trending in a positive direction as opposed to the same old loop of – well, they had the slowest receivers in the NFL. Nobody's getting open. All that stuff we heard all of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really exciting to hear. It is. Well, and you know, and the, the, the couple really one of the really really exciting things is they're doing this without those speedy young wide receivers. They're doing it with Adams, who you know last year turned into, if not a top five, certainly a top ten receiver. You've got a healthy Cobb. Allison has just taken huge strides this year. Like the the young guys that were drafted was kind of these guys got some speed. You know, maybe they can open some stuff up. They've done it without them for the most part. So when those guys get on the field, I'm excited to see what they'll do. But it, they're, they're doing it with essentially the core they had last year. You know, minus Jordy, obviously. Um, and it's I don't know, man. It's it's really exciting. It's very exciting. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's about it. That's what we got for this uh, Thursday podcast for the Pack a Day podcast. Uh, Dusty, it was fun. It was nice to yeah. you know talk to you for the first time. Absolutely, dude. This was amazing. Let's but, do yeah, it again it's sometime. Exciting, and uh, we should we'll be back next uh, in two weeks, and we'll get you guys again. Maybe we will even get Andy to jump on for a little bit. And uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Very into into you know grading all the players. So yeah. But uh, we just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back next. We'll be back tomorrow to take a, take another look on Friday to preview the Redskins game. I'm sure, and keep listening to Pack a Day podcast for Dusty Evely. I'm Steve Perhatch. We will talk to you later.
Six seconds to go. Ball just outside of the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! Yes! Touchdown! And a dunker! The dunker to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right at the back. from the 42 New York, fourth down and two. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now, winds up, rainbows into the end zone. It is Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.